This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaac the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness had seen a great light, and those dwelling in the land of overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From the time on, Jesus began to preach and said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he was walking by the sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, meeting their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. The first reading we just heard is from the end of the eighth chapter and the beginning of the ninth chapter of the prophet Isaiah. It's written about in the 8th century before Christ. If you heard it and you said, that sounds like another of those prophetic readings we heard during Advent and Christmas, exactly right. In fact, part of that reading, the first, I shouldn't quote scripture, first six verses of nine, the ninth chapter of Isaiah, we heard if you were at midnight mass, every year it's the first reading at midnight mass. It's actually my, for me, the most profound of those passages from Isaiah. The vision is of a very dark, murky world, a world covered by darkness into which God's light comes. God's light enters the darkness of the world, and the result of this is that joy, salvation, justice are brought to all of the people of the earth who are somehow ultimately drawn to and live in that light. So. Matthew, the gospel reader from which we just heard in the fourth chapter, picks out that passage and cites it directly at the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. Who is that light? Any Christian believes Jesus is what Isaiah was seeing in the future. Jesus is God's light who comes to this world to bring salvation to a sinful fallen world. In the passage from Isaiah, the place where that takes place is called the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. It's the land west of the Jordan, the area of the Gentiles. Matthew cites that and identifies it correctly 
he kind of pulls a, a, a bigger vision into one area, but he identifies it with Galilee. Galilee is an area, is the area, in which Jesus chooses to begin and perform almost all of his public ministry. Galilee. One of the things that perennially strikes me about Galilee, and some of you have been there, it's amazingly beautiful, and it's relatively small. If I remember correctly, Galilee from north to south is about 45 miles. That's not a huge territory. The Sea of Galilee that's cited constantly where Jesus does so much of his ministry is really a big lake. It's 32 miles all the way around. That's a big lake, but that's not a huge lake. At its widest, it's about eight miles wide. It's a relatively small area. Salvation for this entire planet unfolds in a relatively small area. That vision of Isaiah, if I had heard that vision for eight centuries leading up to the coming of Jesus, I would have thought it would have been some sort of cosmic bang and that light would have just shot out over all the world. That's not the way it unfolded. The way salvation unfolds is God becomes a human being and he does most of his ministry, most of the unfolding of salvation, ultimately for the whole world, even to Lawrence, Massachusetts, in a very small area. One way of thinking about this that helps me is within walking distance. 2,000 years ago and today, salvation unfolds primarily within walking distance of wherever you and I are. So the challenge this week is I invite you to consider that. Well, to remind you, just to state the obvious, to be sure we're all on the same page, and what we heard in that passage from Matthew 4 is a good way to just shake up a memory. Jesus becomes a human, the Son of God becomes a human being, Jesus Christ. He walks into people's lives and he introduces himself. We heard in this passage at the very beginning of his ministry in Galilee, Jesus walks into the lives of some working regular people, whatever regular means. Peter, James, John, Andrew are people with families. They're working class people. They have jobs as fishermen. They're just regular people. Jesus, the Son of God, introduces himself to them and invites them. He calls them, but it's a free invitation to follow him. In the passage, clearly because God is so powerful in Jesus, they wouldn't do this for most people, presumably. Immediately, they drop what they're doing and they follow Jesus. They don't forever abandon their families. It's not that they just walk away and never go back. Most of the remaining experience remains in Galilee, within walking distance of where this begins. What happens is they follow Jesus and they start to learn from him. He teaches them how to love. He teaches them who God really is. He teaches them how they're supposed to live in Galilee. He begins pretty soon to send them out to live his love with other people in Galilee, within walking distance, to go and serve other people with God's merciful, giving, forgiving love. Jesus sends these first disciples and other people on missionary journeys ahead of him to prepare the way for his coming into other people's lives in Galilee, within walking distance. They go not far away and live the love of Jesus. They live like him with all their limitations, all their sins, all their faults. 
they put his love into action in word and in deed with other people in Galilee, within walking distance. Yes, after the resurrection of Jesus, he sends these disciples and other people out to the whole world to tell people who Jesus is, but they don't get into a balloon because there are no balloons. They don't get into a plane because there are no planes. They don't somehow, through God's grace, float over the rest of the world and say, hey, here's who Jesus is, here's who Jesus is. They go to other places, local places. They live his love in the equivalent of Galilee within walking distance, just in other lands. Are you following me here? Seems to me that detail, Galilee, is really important among other reasons because of its smallness within walking distance. So what's the connection to us? That's your job this week. You need to figure out how does that apply to your life. Let me give you some brilliant ideas, as always, to get you going. You ready? For brilliance? Thank you. All right. I have learned over time in my long life that salvation will unfold in my life and your life, principally within walking distance. It is very, very important that our minds and souls are lifted well beyond wherever we live at any given time. It is essential in life that we dream. It is wonderful in life that we get up and see and experience as much of this world as we can. It is a terrific thing that many people, including some people in this community, have very far-flung lives, that we do things, not just locally, but wherever we are, including if we're the biggest dreamers, day by day, salvation will unfold within walking distance of wherever I am at any given moment. Because that's the truth, I need to be maximally connected to the people within walking distance of me at any given time. Even if I'm a world traveler, if I'm going to live as a disciple of Jesus, and if salvation is going to unfold in me and through me for other people, I need to always be maximally actively connected with the people immediately around me. And within walking distance is a really good reference point in Galilee, wherever that is today. Number two, and I'll lose count of this. Number two, it's always tempting to escape, and it's important to some degree to escape from wherever I happen to live right now. If, I'm just fo- if you are just focused on these children, man, your brain is going to explode. You need to obviously be lifted beyond them and escape from them at times. You can always escape here from them. But it used to be, and it still is in most places in this world, that the limitations of travel and of technology keep us focused actively on the world immediately around us. If you live in the Campo in the Dominican Republic and your head is just lost in the clouds, and you're not connected with the people around you, even if you're a poet, even if you're a philosopher, if you're not actively connected with the people around you, people say, there's something wrong with that person because we're all here. Today, so it's always tempting to disengage 
from the Galilee around me, particularly when I don't like the Galilee or the people in Galilee around me. Today, it's the easiest thing on the planet, every one of us knows this, to not pay any attention to anybody around me because I can escape, particularly electronically, and spend much or most of my day elsewhere, wherever elsewhere is. It can be elsewhere with good things, it can be elsewhere with very bad things, it can be elsewhere with good other people, or at least benign other people, it can be elsewhere in very, very dark places. I have learned that if I want salvation to expand in my life and other people's lives through me, I need to very carefully limit and monitor the amount of time every day that I'm elsewhere. Do you get this? I tell you, United States of America, we do not get this. The amount of time I spend elsewhere, including with good realities, should be limited and it should be monitored really carefully. Number three, we're past COVID. Yes, COVID is all around us, but this is January of 2023. It is not March of 2020, thank God. Many of us need to monitor for physical reasons our exposure to this virus. That is obviously true. But I can tell you as your priest, in trying to minister in this community, this very active community, a lot of us are struggling to get back to Galilee. A lot of us have gone into holes for every understandable reason during COVID. We were locked down. We were really restricted. I think probably most of us went down electronic holes particularly and selfishness holes from which a lot of us are struggling to emerge. We might be going to the supermarket, but we may not really be actively serving Jesus the way we once did or the way we should do it. I mean this as gently as possible. You know, we were outdoors for a year. I'm the one who orchestrated that because I didn't want to get people dead from this virus. Those days are gone. You've got to get out. If you are not out in Galilee, this Galilee, actively serving Jesus in word and in action, you need to get out because I don't think more time in the holes is serving him or serving you. Get out into Galilee. Number four, Galilee is for you and me, Lawrence, Massachusetts. It's actually a lot smaller than Galilee, 45 miles north to south. What is this? It's 6.93 square miles with a lot more people on top of one another. A blessing of living in Lawrence is that because of the reality of poverty and oppression, we have in front of us every day more need for the love of Jesus Christ in work and in, in word and in action. We have more need for the healing love of Jesus spiritually and physically than most communities in this country. To not grasp the need to be out there working for Jesus in action in Lawrence, even for a child, requires willful ignorance or profound selfishness, and very often, I think, nasty selfishness, to not grasp the need 24-7 
to live the love of Jesus in Lawrence, Massachusetts, it just, you cannot say, I'm a Christian, but I don't do it. That's such a blessing. So what I encourage you to do, and I am really doing the same thing, put into your prayer and reflection this week, exactly what are the hours that you're putting in, what concretely are you doing to serve him? Obviously starting in your marriage, in your family, but in this city, right now, January, whatever this is, 2023, what's the number of hours you're putting in this week to serve Jesus in this community, in this Galilee? You with me? A point of pride of this parish has been for a long time, we walk the walk. We don't just talk the talk. We don't need more Catholics who talk the talk, starting with priests, but everybody. We need Catholics who walk the walk. How are you walking the walk in Galilee, very concretely, this week? And then finally, it sounds like I'm building a pitch, but I'm really not building a pitch. One of the biggest gifts that most of you have been connected with is that in this parish, we serve 250,000 meals per year through our meal center to the people who are hungry in this community. Why does that matter? You die tonight, Jesus Christ is going to first repeat back to you three realities. I was hungry and you either fed me or you didn't. Matthew 25, 35, and 42, you either did it or you didn't do it. I was thirsty and you gave me drink or you didn't. You either did it or you didn't. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. You either did it or you didn't do it. Matthew 25, 35, 42, we should have this tattooed on our foreheads because the first three things on which we're judged eternally are feeding, giving drink, and welcoming. The blessing of Corunum, I think you get this, is that we have the opportunity in this parish to know at least we're grounded day by day in living in this Galilee, the love of Jesus Christ, not talking about it, doing it. So in the first page of the bulletin, and in the Spanish section of the bulletin, there's an updated, detailed description of the volunteer roles at Cor Unum. The number of hours is flexible. There's something for virtually everyone. The point of this is, I hope you know by now, we are reopening dining room service at Cor Unum for dinners. We've been serving meals to go since the beginning of COVID. COVID is done, not completely done, but as a factor in our daily lives, it's done. I invite you to consider signing up. Every single one of us should be doing this to feed the hungry people in this Galilee. And I mean this gently. If you say, I'm not going to do that, exactly why? I just don't get it. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.